All right, and we're going to do our countdown. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, everybody. This is Shayna Asby. Of course, I am the Family Life Coach. I'm coming to you today. This is our second episode of this podcast for The Mother's Place. I'm so ecstatic about it. This is a place called The Mother's Place where we actually help strengthen, encourage, rebuild, and help realign mothers. Again, we are the birthers of the nation. So I do believe that it is up to us to realign ourselves so we can help everyone else. I am so excited. I have a beautiful sister with me today, and that's inside and out. She's so beautiful that she actually took from within herself some steps for us to help single women when it comes to the cuffing season. I'll let her explain that. But I <laughs> I want to take this time out right here to introduce my beautiful sis, Miss Jennifer Palmer. Hello, 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 Shauna. Uh, thank you so much for that introduction. Um, my name is Jennifer Palmer. I am the founder of Carolyn Speaks. I am a women's empowerment and transformative, transformative healing life coach and motivational speaker. Um, I help women in the mid-teens to late 50s heal, rediscover, rebuild, and transform their lives after they've experienced past relationship trauma and hurt. Uh, I do this by using an acronym that I strongly believe in called PEP or PEP, which stands for pain equals purpose. I help my clients understand the importance of seeing things from a different perspective and using their experiences to fuel them to use it for purpose in their life. I am also an author and I recently uh, released a new ebook called <laughs> Five Ways Single Women Can Cope with Cuffing Season. And we're going to be getting into that a little bit later, as Shauna said. But my book is currently available on my PayHip site. It is payhip.com slash Carolyn Speaks. And it is coming soon also to Amazon, Kindle, uh, Google Play, Kaboo, Barnes and & Nobles, and uh, Kindle. If I haven't said that, I may have mentioned it. Not sure. Um, it is all available now, and uh, it will be, be available soon on all other platforms. Thank you so much for the introduction, Shauna. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Oh my God. Pain equals purpose. I think we we experience it so much, mm -hmm. especially in this environment today. When it comes to relationships, we definitely experience it. And I mean, really through anything, any type of trauma, any mm -hmm. type of getting to purpose, period, we have to experience pain to get yes. through it, right? But it makes sense when you think about being birthed. Mm, or birthing. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Right. <laughs> so would you like to explain more about 
um, what pain equals purpose to you, how it mean, what it feels like, you know, what does it mean to you when you hear it and when you say it, when you talk about it? I, um, I was literally trying to come up with a brand for my coaching and my motivational, um, my, my life coaching and motivational speaking, uh, brand. And I kept asking and I'm like, God, what do I name this? What do I name this? And the word PEP popped in my head and I'm like, PEP, what does that even mean? And then I thought about it and I said, pain equals purpose. And the reason why it's it it stuck with me and it resonated with me is because as we were saying, it pain does equal your purpose. Everything that we go through in life leads to our purpose. If we're really paying attention and we're going through life and we're learning the lessons that we need to learn, we it will lead us to our purpose. And a lot of times we go through certain things because one, we're not learning from our mistakes. And two, um, there's something there that needs to be healed. And a lot of times we're not paying attention to the science. We're not digging deep and we're not figuring out, well, why does this keep coming up? Why does this keep coming to the surface? Um, why do I keep having these type of experiences? And a lot of times God will allow us to go through things for one, to teach us a lesson, but also to bring us to what he has called us to do in this life. And I'm a strong believer that your pain, what you experience, no matter how you've come into this world, you know, a lot of us may have come into this world, uh, you know, with, with it, you know, from a broken home. It doesn't matter how you came into this world. Uh, God chose you. He specifically chose you to come into this world. And however that looks, however messy and, you know, uh, ugly that looks, he specifically wanted you in this world because he loves you that much. And he specifically has an assignment for you. So when we go through these pains, you know, and these trials and tribulations, it leads us to what he has called us to do. And that could be anything. You know, you hear people who have experienced loss, you know, they've lost their child due to some form of disease or, 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 or anything. And that is what causes them to create, you know, nonprofit organizations or foundations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh my God. Yes. These are things that leads us to our purpose. And sometimes our purpose is not always pretty either. You know, it's not always pretty. It's not always going to be, you know, things that we want to do. It's things that we have been called to do and we have to, we, we have to be obedient to that calling. Um, so for me, that uh, pain equals purpose resonated with me because I strongly believe that there is purpose in all of us. If we are really taking the time to actually sit with ourselves and not just kind of like coasting through life, because I think a lot of us are just coasting through life. Um, we've learned from other generations that we're supposed to just go to school, get a job, um, stay on that job for 60 something years, collect a pension if you have that type of job and uh, collect social security. And voila, you've, you've, you've spent the majority of your life working for someone else and you have social security, but that social security is not that much when you think about it. Um, 
And I think we have to really step into our purpose, step into the things that have been that God has called us to do. You know, it's important for us to do that. Um, and just overall understanding that it's going to be a process. It's not something that is going to be easy. Sometimes people know very early on in life what their purpose is. Sometimes it may take longer. Some people know at age 14, 15, 16. Others know their purpose when they get to 50. You know, um, it is a process, but it is something that is worth exploring and worth um digging deep and digging into to, to figure out what it is that I'm here to do. Um, if some people feel, may feel like, you know, why am I here? What, what am I here for? You know, some people may feel like that. Why am I here? I don't know why was I put on this earth. It's really time for you to really seek God and ask why you're here because everybody is here for a reason. Everybody has purpose. Everybody was put on this earth for a specific assignment. And we really have to uh, find out what that is. You know, your, your assignment could be something that you're good at. What are you good at? What are your talents? What are your gifts? And using that as a, a stepping stone to figure out what your purpose is. So I would just say that people really need to focus on what it is that they're good at when it comes to purpose, figuring out what they're good at. What fuels them? What, what are they? What are they passionate about? Um, what are they good at? Uh, what are their talents? What are their gifts? And really figure out if that is possibly what they're supposed to be doing in life. You know, pray on it, fast, do what you need to do. But God will definitely lead you and, and show you what He has called you to do. Because there are literally people waiting on you, whether you realize it or not, or even believe it or not. There are people actually waiting on us because we're we're needed in the world. People like us are needed in the world. There are people who are hurting. There are people who need help. Um, and though we're not doctors or therapists, um, people need us. So, yes. I love how you said that. You said so many intricate points. And one of the ones that you, you talked about was how... Um, when we go through certain things, it actually fuels our purpose. We hate that we go through those things, mm -hmm. but it fuels our purpose. And it reminded me of, I was a part of this anthology project with Cheryl Wood's sister, and it was called A Permission to Feel to Heal. Now check this out, here she is. She lost her son in a motorcycle accident. Um, and then how I actually reached out to her was, I lost my father in a motorcycle accident. Mm, and right. right. And then my brother died 10 years later right. and her son's father died, I think, about six months after he died on a motorcycle accident. Wow. So I was so I felt like I was led to like call her. to be right. like, I would love to be a part of this book. You know what I'm saying? We have so many things in common. Plus, her son's name was Jordan. I have a little brother named Jordan as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> That part, you know how you like, coincidence. <laughs> you know, no, you'd be like, okay, God, right. I know where I'm supposed to be at, <laughs> right. I'm right there. So, and it was just like, oh my God. And she has a foundation for him. She has a cleanup, you know, they do cleaning up on a certain road. She named a road after him. Um, she has like multiple things 
all behind the death of her son. And it's not that, you know what I'm saying? She wished she had her son. Like, mm-hmm. right here, right now. Yeah. You know, it's hard for her to even believe it. But she said, I had to keep going. And so, we hate, don't get me wrong, like, I'm pretty sure it wasn't easy becoming Jennifer Palmer. You get what I'm saying? No, <laughs> no it was not. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? And so, and I feel the same way it's become Shana, Na- Shana Asby. Like, if I would have known that time that I was walking into purpose, because I wanted to walk in purpose. I wanted yeah. to come into purpose. I wanted to be aligned. I remember sitting on the on the bed, you know, not happy in my marriage. And saying, mm-hmm. God, God, I can't feel dead. I want to be alive. Mm-hmm. And I need to know what my purpose is. And I remember writing those numbers one through five. What am I most passionate about? And, but I would have never known. I would have to go through the things that I went through. Yeah. To be able to help other women. Like, I would have said, oh, I'm good. Let me, tr- let me try something else. Matter of fact, I, let me, I, gift baskets. Let me go ahead and... um. <laughs> I'll make those get baskets. I'll, I'll, I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I really had a passionate, a passionate passion for helping women. I exactly. Didn't, yes. I did not know what aspect. So when you, can you give us something about that you had went through that fueled you to want to write this book and to talk about pain equals equaling purpose because Mm -hmm. there's a story behind everything yeah definitely you know and the stories this is my other show it's all about testimonies those are the things that people are going to relate to you with in order to get to where you got to go with them and this is why they come to us for coaching because we went through it through it exactly Mm -hmm. exactly Okay, go ahead. I'm going to let you talk. (laughs) No, that's okay. Um, What really sparked me to write this book is I wrote this book around Christmas time. And I really was trying hard to get it out before the end of the year. But I wanted it to be perfect. I I really wanted God to speak to me about it and give me uh, some things that, that I feel within our society and within our community needed especially within the black community. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to go there. <laughs> um, Sometimes we do have to go there. <laughs> and yeah. And what, what I came up with is I came up with five tips. I came up with, you know, very creative names for the, for the titles of the, of the chapters um, when it pertains to self. Um, one of the chapters is called um, allow me to reintroduce myself. And the reason why I chose that title was a lot of times when we go through relationship hurt and trauma, we don't really, and I speak from personal experience, right? we don't really allow ourselves to heal. What we do is we break up and then we jump right into another relationship. And then when that doesn't work, you break up, you jump right back into another one and it becomes a cycle. And you don't really allow yourself to heal so what happens is, is that you're piling up trauma on top of trauma, on top of trauma, on top of trauma. And now you got, I would say, at least maybe 10 plus years of trauma mm-hmm. that, you're, that you're dealing with, that you have not fully 100% healed from. And let's not talk about trauma that we've experienced as a child that you're still um, bringing into these relationships as well. 
So what really fueled me is I wanted to give a title that was catchy because I know that a lot of people understand and know the term of what cuffing is. And if, if they don't, it basically just means hooking up. Um, a lot of us do that, especially now when it's the winter season, a lot of people just want to be booed up and they want to just be up under somebody and they want to just feel, feel loved, I guess. And we really have to stop creating these cycles of wanting to be with people instead of really focusing on self, focusing on um, healing first, focus on healing, spending time with you. And then when I say reintroduce yourself, I mean, reintroduce yourself to you because a lot of times, and, and I talk about this in like the last chapter of my book is that a lot of times we lose ourselves in relationships when we get into relationships, we completely lose ourselves because we as women, we're naturally nurturers by nature. And we tend to give too much of ourselves too soon. And when things start to fall apart, all we keep doing is we keep giving more and more and more and thinking that it's going to fix it, but it's not because we're not fixed. And we're doing it from a place of I say a lot of times when we do those type of things, we're doing it out of lack of self-worth because we feel that we have to perform to get someone to love us or to get someone to appreciate us or value us. It's like we're convincing someone else to value us when all we really have to do is really value ourselves. Ooh, yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> value us, value ourselves and everyone else will either fall in line or they will fall away, you know, and it is, that is what it is, but we cannot keep going on with the cycle of breaking up and moving on to someone else within less than six, six to five months or, or whatever amount of time and thinking that that's going to solve the problem. When I ended my last relationship, which was six years, it was a six year relationship. Um, I was engaged, but it was a lot of on and off, on and off. And I had to walk away from that. And, and, and when I walked away, it was a very painful situation, you know, and I cried out to God almost every night asking God to take away the pain, take it away. I don't want it, take it away. And he didn't take it away, but he did help me to endure it. He did, you know, stay with me. Um, he helped me. He held my hand as I went through the healing process. And what I discovered when I really sat with myself and I call it the, I call it the come to Jesus moment is when we have those moments where we really sit with ourselves and we sit with God and we say, what am I doing wrong in this situation? What, what is it? Why do I keep making these type of decisions? What is it? And when I really sat with God and he told me what it was. I said, you know what? That makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. I, I know why now. I know why. And as I started to unpack those feelings and unpack those emotions, it made, it's like a light bulb went off and it was like, okay, now I know why. Now I know because I would, it, it, a lot of it stems from 
again, a lot of what we deal with and go through stems from our childhood. It is whether it's abandonment issues, you know, a lot of people say, you know, you know, you know, she has daddy issues or he has mommy issues or it, it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, we really have to sit with ourselves and figure out what the root causes. What is the root? And I had to sit with God and find out what the root of it was. And the root was, is that I was looking for a man to love me, but I was looking for men that were just, but at the same time, I was attracting men that were just like my father. And my father was never in my life. My father was never in my life. Um, you know, he would come in and out um, at various stages of my life, but he was never fully there. And as I went through life, I never was really taught my value. Yes, I was raised in a single parent home, but I was never taught about my value and my worth. And so I would seek relationships or even seek men that were not for me, you know, or men that had commitment issues or men that had, um, uh, you know, they, they, they were not emotionally available. You know, a lot of times they were not emotionally available. They just, you know, they're just doing whatever, you know, and again, not knowing your worth will, will cause you to tolerate things that you should not tolerate. So for me, it took me a very long time to get to a place in life where I said, you know what? Enough is enough. You have to get to a place where, you know what? Enough is enough. I need to find out what is really going on with me because I don't want to keep repeating the same mistakes and I don't want to keep repeating the same cycles because a lot of it comes from generational patterns and generational cycles. And although we love to use the word generational, you know, curse, I really don't like that word curse. But um, in this situation, I will say generational curse in the sense that it's a pattern that we continue on from generation to generation where we will tolerate certain behavior because we were not taught. We were not taught that we are the favor. We were not taught that we are the prize. So that is what really fueled this book is that I want women, especially black women, to get to a place where they can be single and they can be okay with that. Being single does not mean that it's a death sentence. It's really not. Because when you really think about it, <laughs> when you're single, you have so much time to really rediscover who you really are, you know, and love on yourself, you know, pamper yourself. Take your, I, I talk about that in the book, take yourself out on dates, you know, uh, have a spa day, have two spa days, do whatever you want because you're not, you're not responsible for anyone. And when you are in a marriage, and I haven't been, I'm not, I've, ne I've never been married, but I, I believe that I will be married one day. When you are married, it is, you can't be selfish. You can't focus on self when you are in a marriage because now your ministry is to your husband. So when you're single, you really have to figure out and work out the things in you 
that could possibly be an issue in your marriage. And that's why it's so important to take that time, take that time herself, figure out who April is or, or, or Sharon or figure out who you are as a woman. What makes you tick? What makes you happy besides being in a relationship? And I want to just say this. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with being in a relationship. I'm not saying that I'm not. I don't have a mentality where it's, you know, I don't need no man. And, you know, that is not my mindset at all. I believe that everybody needs everybody. This we, this world was created with people and we're all connected for a reason. We all need each other. Yeah. So I love some of the things that you said. I'm just sitting up here like some light bulbs and one off on me and me too, girl, because I'm sitting up here like I used to say this all the time. I definitely used to say that we are all connected. But I also thought about it. You know, remember, um, well, I, as I was talking to you earlier before we actually came on live and I said that God kept showing me two, 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 like to twos and two, 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 two. And I was realizing that it was a group of women. You know, women are winning right now. We're in here. We're writing books, we're authoring, we're speaking, we're public speaking, we're engaging, we're becoming life coaches. We're doing a lot of things right now. We're walking in six figures. Mm -hmm. But as we're walking in six figures and we're rising, the man the is not rising with us, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what are we doing that we're not rising together? And so, as you just said that, I thought about um, when you said it's okay with being single. It's definitely okay with being single. But we were not born alone. People say, Absolutely. "Oh, I come in this world, I come in this world alone and I'm going I'm I'm born alone, I'm gonna die alone." I'd be like, "Who told you that lie?" Because you <laughs> you know, when you was born, you was attached to that umbilical cord. Yes. You did not you were not born alone, boo. You mm -hmm. know, for 9 months you were in the womb. So Yes. No, you weren't born alone. And then I thought about it and I said, this is what I used to say all the time. I learn best about myself through self-reflection of others, meaning that I see mm. something that's about me that I self-checked, that mm. I want to correct about myself, that I don't want to adapt to myself, or I see some things that I do that I need to change. Yes. Because I'm like, oh my God, absolutely. if that's me, Father God, take it away from me. Mm. I don't want to be like that. Yes, absolutely. But I, and I also admire relationships that are not just like me, meaning that how can I grow from somebody who's just going to give me everything that I'll give myself? You get what I'm saying? Good so point. real friendship. Yes. Real friendships are those that are not like you that can tell you the yes. truth. They yes. have your best. They have a God heart, but they're yes. going to tell you the real, real, no yes. matter what. Now, if yes. you want, and I don't even call people that, that will give me, something mm -hmm. that I would want to hear. No, this person is going to give me the real because I'm not going to be able to grow if I don't do that. So exactly. all of a sudden, when you said that, I realized why I always felt like it is good to have somebody else around you, other mm -hmm. people, mm -hmm. other friends, other family members, and even in a marriage or a relationship, because I am not, how do I know to correct some things that I don't recognize about myself? Because I'm comfortable with myself. But when you start building relationships and you have conversations with other people, they see you and you see them and you yes. can help them in their process of becoming better. Absolutely. I 100% agree with you. I think that 
as I said, I, I don't want a clone version of me because I remember I was talking to a guy like years ago and whew, um, when I was talking to him, every time I talked to him over the phone, he was always complaining about something. It was like something that a friend did and he was offended and he did this and he did that. And, and I sat and I listened to him and I said to myself, wow, I wonder if this is what I sound like to other people. And, and I sat and I, and I listened and I'm like, whoa, like if this is what I sound like to other people, I need work. I need help because this, and this was years ago. This was like well over 10 years ago, you know? And I said, if this is what I sound like to other people, I need to clean that up. And it's interesting because like you said, Hearing other people talk and how they move and how they operate, if you're a true friend, you're going to tell a person, hey, you need to work on that. Because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a true and firm believer of not wanting yes men in my life. I don't want a yes man and I don't want a yes ma'am. I, I, I don't want any of that. I want somebody who's going to be authentically real with me. And my best friend, she keeps it real with me. And I keep it real with her. And we're always constantly talking about things that we need to improve and things that, that we want to improve and, you know, improve. But the thing is, is that we have to be willing to do the change. A lot of people are not willing to do the change. And so what they do is men and women do this. They go from relationship to relationship looking for someone to accept to accept the behavior, mm. to accept the toxic <laughs> and negative um, mindset. And a lot of us don't want to be challenged. The reality is, as humans, it's hard to change. That's the reality. It's hard to change as a human being. And I'm not discrediting that. But the thing is, is that what you need is you need someone to challenge you. You need someone who is going to challenge you and challenge the way you think, the way you operate, the way you speak, especially when you speak over yourself. You know, that in itself is a whole conversation. The way we speak, the way we talk to ourselves is one of the main reasons why we view ourselves in a certain light or a certain way and why we accept certain behavior from people because of how we view ourselves and our self-talk is not good. So for me mm. is I want someone who's going to challenge me. I don't want another version of me and you should not want another version of you. This <laughs> Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, it's so funny that no, cause I'm just laughing because I'm pretty sure we've all had that relationship. Maybe when we weren't the best versions of ourselves, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe when we weren't the best versions of ourselves, when we, yeah. all, when we met that guy that was just like us, and it was just like, yo, I met this guy. Like, if you see him, you see me. You know what I'm saying? If you know him, you know me. Because we are just alike. <laughs> yep. And we and think that's a good thing. Like, we no, thought it was it's such not. a good thing. You know, <laughs> yes. We was like, yo, no, I met this it's guy not. that was just like me. Oh, my God. If you mm -hmm. met him, you met me. And, you know, because we just alike. You know, I'm just a male version. I used to say, I'm, I'm a female version of him. And he used to be like, I'm a, I'm a male version of her. And we was horrible. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. Like we were horrible. So it makes sense now when you start doing the self work, when you start understanding who you are, facing those past pains, facing those trauma and healing from those things, especially when it comes to um, brokenness of, of ourselves. You know, here we are today. And I remember God gave me this. Um, if you don't know my story, one day you'll know my story. You know, yeah. 2016, I, I told you, 2016, yeah. I had issues where I was kidnapped and raped and all this mm-hmm. other stuff, right? And God was like, I, I'm, I'm ready for you to do the healing on that. Yeah. You know, like, because you need to look at the re- the reason why you don't have a man. Now, this is the Holy Spirit talking Ooh. to me here. This ain't, Ooh. so I said, what? You know, you need to look at the reasons why you don't have a man, you know, and, and it's mm. because of all the brokenness or the yeah. pain that I experienced with that situation, Yes. you know, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God. So now you're about to make me start facing this and healing from it. I understand it's been 2016. The case was over in 18. It's time. It's definitely time. Yeah. But when he said, and then I want you to write down the things that you need in a mate. And I was like, what do you mean? You know me, sisters. You know us, sisters. Let's go there. <laughs> what you mean? I make my own money. What I need them for? His paycheck? See, I don't. Well, David, that's that's the problem right there. It's it's we have this 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 generation of women now that's like, well, I make my own money. I don't need no man for nothing. I got I got my own. We we really have to stop talking like that. Yes. Because <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't help the it doesn't help. Like at the end of the day, that's wonderful. I'm not taking away from any of your accolades. That's great. But at the end of the day, what it really boils down to, in my opinion, is your character. You can have all the money in the world. You can have a great job. You can have a nice house, nice car, all of that. But what it boils down to me is what is your character like? Because if your character is nasty, you know, um, you don't know how to let go of the reins because we talk about how men are not showing up and not, you know, uh, leveling up to us. But when that man who wants to come in and take over the reins, you are holding on to it so tight that you don't want to let it go. You cannot want a man to be a man and 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 step up in a role as a man. And then when he comes, you want to treat him like, oh, no, you can't have these reins because I had them for 50 years. And that part, that part, you can't do that. Make that up part. your mind, make up your mind. And I feel a lot of women do that. They they've been single for so long that they become so complacent in that mindset of I can do everything better or I can do everything a man can do or you know I'm good all by myself. God did not make any of us to be by ourselves. And that's the part and, and that's what because I, I had the even even when you saying that it's like wow like I had to sit back like dang like what's wrong with me? Was it that I had become comfortable? You know, because but one I am a challenger. Like when I when you say, you know, a lot of people don't want to change. Now I understand myself and I understand mm-hmm. my life, my life pattern. I was always moving from city to city, jumping from city to city. I was running, but I was always helping other people and I was used to change. Like change was, mm-hmm. was, okay. it, was it was quick for me. It was easy for me to change. And I remember when my best friend, he told me, he said, one thing I can say about you, Shana, is once you got it, you've learned a lesson. And when you come back, 
to see the transformation you yes. scare him he said i've never seen anybody transform so fast it's because it's like a light bulb mm-hmm. so when i realized what i was saying and god had me in this process of understanding and as i told you i was on this clubhouse this morning and they were talking about this right you know and the, and the title was people are idolizing marriage and i'm comfortable you know i i, I i'm okay with being single mm-hmm. and i just got on the stage and i was just like Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think that we need to bring scripture to this and understand the power of two. The power of two is so, so, so important. Mm -hmm. Even in the Bible, it talks about how one can chase a thousand and two can chase 10,000. Yes. So that means that not only can I do but when you have somebody and y'all in a spiritual warfare together yeah. I mean if you guys are in the trenches together like that's powerful Amen. and we do you know and when if one gathered yes in his name two or more hello, hello. if two or more is gathered in his name he said then he is in the, the midst. midst yes do you hear me it also talks about you know I brought up a great point this morning and Caroline did too who says that our soulmate is actually a man you get what I'm saying? Two, you know, mm. best friends can be soulmates. You know, that don't mean that we are intimate with each other. No, no it does not. Right. Because it's a female and a female and a male and a male. No, right. it says that we're, <laughs> let's mm-hmm. go here. Right. We're best friends. You know, we're best friends and we're, we we were two different people came together, formed a relationship, and now we know each other. Yes. We're supposed to learn each other. The word says, know them that labor amongst you. Mm-hmm. They don't even talk about that like they should. It didn't say know them for what they do and what they know them for how they know them how they labor. That's period. Mm-hmm. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I know I'm not going to go to such and such for this because I know she's going to be tripping on this. Right. I know, you know, this person. We have to get back to that getting to build unity with each other we've been so individualized and i hate the word i told i told somebody the other day my my girlfriend i called one of my girlfriends i said look here (laughs) they set us up she was like what you talking about i said you know who they is why did why is i capitalized and out of every a is not capitalized it stands alone why is I capitalizing every sentence, everything? It stands alone. It's capitalized. It's capitalized mm. all the time. What about we and us? You know, can we build? Can we build? I can't build alone. We need to build together. You get what I'm saying? That part. You know, so we need to re... We got to come out of this I self. You know, this I and me, myself, and I. And, you know, mm-hmm. no, it's not. Because... I was not born to learn. I was I was connected to my mother's, you know, her um, that um, umbilical cord. I was connected, right. connected to my mother. Mm-hmm. I need you, sis. And I remember where I was that person, right? That mm-hmm. got depressed. I was in the house. I was going through. I, would, I shut everybody out when I shut my, shut the doors until I went to a church. And he said, look here. The reason why you can't get to the next level is because you're going to have to learn to start trusting somebody. It's true. That part. It's so true. And that's what God was showing me too. Like in the last couple of years um, that I've been single, like you're going to have to get to a place where you're going to have to start trusting people. Because if I'm sending people in your life, you're going to, you're, you're going to block the blessing because you're, you're, you're so used to being guarded that you can't even see when the right persons are coming into your life. What? That part. You see what I'm saying? Like you, you, 
you can't build a wall. You have to create windows and doors so that people can come in and out. And when they're, they've served their purpose, they can leave, you know, and I'm a, I strongly understand the importance of relationships, not just romantic relationships, but friendships, partnerships, you know, business partners, what, whatever relationship that you have with people in this life, it is imperative that we understand. And this is what I've learned in my journey also. And I feel like it's so true. How we how we see and view ourselves and treat ourselves is a direct reflection of how we treat other people. So if I'm very critical and I'm very like judgmental and very hard on people, I'm most likely hard on myself. Right. And I don't give grace to myself. So how can I possibly give grace to other people? You see what I'm saying? Right. And we, again, we have to identify why we are this way and work through it so that we can reconnect with people in a healthy way. And that's what I talk about in my book. Rediscover who you are, heal, have a relationship with self, love self, give yourself grace and mercy so that you can give grace and mercy to other people. Because once you are healed, you will see other people in a different light. You will see the world in a different light. But if you see the world, if you're broken, you're going to see the world as broken. That's right. That's you're going right. to see every situation that you see, every, you know, wherever you turn, you're going to see it as broken because you're broken. And your 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 viewpoint, your perception of what's happening has been uh it's been tainted, it's been damaged. So you can't even see when a person, whether it's male or female, coming into your life and trying to help you. And that could be on, it could be on a financial level. It could be on helping you with your business. It could be anything, but we automatically think what they want. They must want something. Everybody wants something. And that's not how we should think. We have to learn how to have healthier, healthier thoughts because not everybody is out to hurt you. Not everybody is out to, you know, do you in, so to speak. You know, we're, we're not, not everybody is like that, you know. And I had to learn that myself over time. Like God will send people in your life to reassure you that I'm not here to harm you. I'm genuinely just here to help you on your journey and to genuinely help you to see that I see you. Like I, I, I remember this movie that I watched a long time ago called um, "Beyond the Lights." I don't know. If you've I, I know. Yes, 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 yes. Oh my when, God. when, when she was on that balcony ledge, and he said to her, "I see you." Yes. That part was so deep because profound. it's like it's so profound and powerful because. Yes. That's all we really want is we want people to see us. They We want people to see our true value, our true worth. We want people to see our hearts, our spirits. Mm, 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 mm. And when people don't value us, we tend to feel like we don't have value. And that scene to me, it was like, it was so profound because I'm like, 
Yes, like that's what I'm that I'm talking about is that we need to, you know, see people as they are. Even when we're going through the single season and we may want to hang out with people or or whatever or date or whatever, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I really feel like we need to take the pressure off of ourselves and take the pressure off of others to create this kind of like romantic situation. Like when you're meeting people, try to just see them as a person. Don't always try to romanticize romanticize it. Let me like, write that one down. <laughs> don't, don't romanticize it. Like that's what if I see a guy, oh, oh, he, he's, he's, he's a handsome guy. I may be attracted to him, but don't let the attraction lead you. Allow him to show you who he is as a person. Allow her to show you who she is as a person. What it comes down to, as I said, it's your, it's your character and who you are at your core. Your core, your core, your, the essence of who you are is what it boils down to. Because you can be fine as heck, but if your character is shady, if you don't have good morals, if you are a person that is deceptive, manipulative, um, it don't matter how fine you are. And a lot of people lead with their looks because they know they don't have nothing else to offer. And we have to get to a place where, and I and I, I know this is really about just, you know, from a woman's perspective, but you, as you were saying earlier about men not leveling, leveling up, I think the issue is, is that a lot of men are not seeking help you know they're not seeking help and 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 it's become such an issue in our in our community that seeking help is considered to be weakness and it's not a lot of our men are going through a lot black men are dealing yeah. with a lot and with that's police brutality i yeah. just recently found out that somebody just got killed we the year just started and somebody got killed by an on off duty cop there's a lot of trauma that our men are dealing with yes. and they're not dealing with it. And what's happening is that they're bringing that stuff into relationships and it's coming out very dysfunctional, very toxic. And we're leaving a trail of women and a trail broken. of men broken. More broken than what they came. Exactly. So it's exactly. worse. So that's trauma from childhood on top of broken with the relationship and then broken again because exactly. you broke them. Man, when I tell you, sis, you hit that thing on the head. Okay, do you hear me? Because I was just on a um another podcast and I was talking to guys about this guy about, you know, them having that wall. And I'm like, we gotta learn. It says the word says pride. There's pride before a fall. There's pride before a fall. Yes. And a lot of our men and us, some women, don't don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. us women too. I'm, I'm holding us accountable too. Yeah. Yes. Being very prideful. And we're taking that into relationships and we're holding that wall up. And we shouldn't have that wall there. We gotta break, we gotta have boundaries. We can boundaries. have we can have one of those fences, this you know, the electric wire fence that the dog can't <laughs> go out the fence, you know, he's shocked to get back. We can, we can have some of those, you know. We can have boundaries. Walls and windows. Walls windows and windows. doors. Windows and doors. We need to We're have windows a, and doors. Exactly. But the walls, we got to learn how to tear down because nobody's yes. going to be able to see the essence of us. We won't be able to see the essence of them with those walls that's mm -hmm. right there. Mm -hmm. You know, and here I am. I'm teaching my kid 
about morals, ethics, and values, being a mom and you being the son. Mm-hmm. And then your dad is taking his pain that he hadn't dealt with. Yes. And he's raising a child or raising the son. And he's actually imprinting on the son of how he sees and how he values and where he values at. See? And you sitting and I'm sitting over here like, no, 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 no. And then, right. And then God was like, Shaina, you got some things to do. I was mm-hmm. like, I do? Look, look, this is me the other day. I do? <laughs> yeah. Because you got with your son's father off of false pretense. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, you didn't even tell him who you were when you met him. He knew nothing of your past. You only gave what you wanted to give. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell him how I used to bop. How I was out here, I was fast, how I was broken, how I used to jump in me in cars. Let's go there. How I used to do all these things, not knowing that this was not the life because I did not have a mother or a father. I was mm-hmm. alone. I was break, I was bumping my head, you know, and I equated the outer appearance of beauty with being beautiful. And I used my beauty and my body to get attention because I didn't mm-hmm. know how to get attention because my parents never gave me attention. They didn't say, oh, you can go to college. You can do this. You can do that. No. And I knew I was beautiful. I was definitely beautiful. And I mm-hmm. knew that I had a deep hidden passion of beauty within me. Right. I used those things to, to put them into a man mm. to build him up Hello. because, you know, those, would you talk about those uh, romanticizing, you know, because now I've taken those things that was broken about me, that I was broken about my father, which was broken childhood trauma mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to go help the black man become whole because I felt like I had to help him heal in order to be something for me. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, dang, and even if I would have got there, would I still be happy? Now that's the point. Like, and when I've got there, would it still be happy because you weren't attracted to that at the beginning because you didn't even know yourself and you was attracted to the brokenness. Like really you were. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about that. That brokenness. We tend to, we tend to be drawn to people who, who that's how we create trauma bonds with people. That's how we create trauma bonds with people because we, we, we are attracted to the trauma and they are attracted to our trauma. That's what causes people to come together. Like if, oh, if I had a loss of a, whatever it is, that's what causes people to come together. And what happens is y'all coming together, but y'all didn't deal with it. Mm. And what it is, is that not only you have you not dealt with it individually, you're not even willing willing to deal with it collectively. Mm. You're not even willing to go seek therapy or or counseling or something. And that is where we're, we're extremely, um, doing ourselves a disservice. We are doing ourselves a disservice. Women and men are doing themselves a disservice when they do not go and seek help. Because what you're doing is you are continuing the pattern and you are leaving a trail of brokenness. You're leaving brokenness after brokenness after brokenness. And what's happening is that every person you get involved with, no matter what level it is, you are bleeding on them. You're bleeding on these people because these people didn't do didn't do anything to you, 
But because you haven't dealt with your trauma, you're bleeding on them. All your blood is just all over them because you haven't dealt with you. You haven't dealt with your issues. And now you're expecting them to fix you. That's not their job to fix you. It is not their job. They are not God. Only God can fix you. And we need, as women, we need to get to a place where we can be at peace and we can be comfortable in our own skin. We can be content with all of our flaws. And I mean, you know, physical flaws, you know, flaws that perhaps maybe will never go away because the Bible talks about how Paul asked God to take away, take away, take it away three times and God never took it away from him. So, and we don't know what that is. We don't know what it was that he was dealing with that God decided not to take it away from him. We don't know what it is. So there may be some things that may never go away, but you have to be, you still have to be self-aware. Be self-aware. A lot of us are walking through life and we're so un self we're, we're not self-aware. That's because, but you know what that comes from? And this was one thing that my best friend used to tell me. And this is the truth. And I'm and I can attest to this today. I am so grateful, Jennifer, where I am today and who I am. I hated I had to go through it. I hated that the hurt that I caused myself and when I didn't know that I was hurting. And you know, yeah. hurting other people. Like yeah. I repent for that every day and I apologize. If I can pick up the phone and apologize, I'm apologizing, right? But you know that part like oh my god the hurt the pain you know and the reflection and just blood everywhere like you said you're bleeding on people they're bleeding on you like we gotta get to a place of like you said like when i called my ex and i was gonna tell him everything i was gonna tell him i didn't give him a fair chance you know, and we got to get back to a place of being real again. And I had to, I had to become who I had to take off a mask a long time ago. When I took off that mask, I felt so much freedom. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I don't have to pretend to be somebody else. I don't have to be this person. And I can't lean on these old, old understandings now because now I'm a new creature and I'm learning new things and I'm becoming this person. I'm, I'm yes. being strengthened. Yes. You get what I'm saying? But when you look at those other things and how they they they've caused trauma even today, and I don't want to be that person no more. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't want to lean on that. And being able to, I try to help other people by inspiring them by my by what I did that was broken. Right. right? Um, and then learning that the marriage even even though the marriage did not I gave my all to that marriage because I wanted to run away and become this new thing mm -hmm. he wasn't giving his all in certain ways and neither right. had I mm -hmm. you know and now we got this kid you know what I'm saying I'm like oh my god you know we gotta go back and fix that you know fix that with ourselves fix that apologize you know repent and ask God mm -hmm. to fix it now, let me ask you this question mm -hmm. before we even get into uh, the things that we have hit tonight. What about when we're in that marriage and we're in that relationship 
And um, I met this guy. I knew this, my, one of my ex-boyfriends, actually, this is one of my ex-boyfriends, like, when I was 18. And, you know, he wasn't the best guy back in the day. He was that drug dealer. You know how we, you know, we thought we wanted that bad right, boy. Right. Yeah. And it's like, thank God for deliverance from that father guy because right. I was that person. And I remember running into him years later and I was like, so, um, so what happened? He was like, I had to build myself back up. You know, I lost some money. I lost all this other stuff. And I'm like, well, where, where's your, where's your girlfriend, your daughter's mother? You know, when I lost everything, she dipped. She went to Canada. And I was like, really? Now I'm listening mm-hmm. to him. And I said, he said, you know what? I'm not it, you know, S-H-I-T, mm-hmm. without money, without money. I ain't nobody. So I'm looking like this. I didn't turn around. <laughs> yep. One of the slow motions, like, <laughs> did you just tell me that you ain't nothing without money? Because if you feel like that you're nothing without money, then you're nothing. You just basically told me who you exactly. are. And that, and that, and so are we, so one question is, are we praying for our men enough? How, you know, um, this one guy, I was talking to him earlier he was saying that one, we can't heal our men. Um, that's for God to do. And I was like, I attest to that, but yet we are women and we should be praying for our men. Oh yeah. Like that. You know, exactly. And then are we praying for them enough to, for them to get healed? And then at the same time, are we giving up too quickly? When it comes to the relationship and when it comes to um, the marriage foundation, we have the highest divorce rates in the country. I'm talking about America. You know, we already know slavery did. Touch on that, but yeah, right. <laughs> slavery did have a part in this. Like, let's go. Let's yeah, go here. Sure. You know, sure. because sure. they taught us to walk backwards. Yeah, yeah, you did it. You know, they taught us to walk backwards, and we're trying to figure out how to walk forwards. So you shorten our lives. Because Absolutely. you had us to walk backwards and we're trying to figure it out. So one, again, have we, are we giving up on our men too fast? Are we praying for them enough? And are we not supposed to pray? And, you know, let's talk about that and the, how slavery just affected that because we gotta, we, we, we can't, we cannot as women, we cannot live without men and men can't live without us. I, I say, I, 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 I 100% agree with you on that. I, I, and the thing is, is that my book is not about like, okay, you know, like I said, it's not a book about not ever being with anyone. That's not what the book it's is. Right, it's what not, it really right. is, is about you focusing on you so that you can be a healed and whole person so that when the right one comes along, you will be able to discern and recognize him. If you're really focusing on self and focusing on your redeveloping your relationship with God, when that man comes, he will recognize the God in you and you will recognize the God in him. That part. So that, part. that is what my book is about. It's not about, you know, not ever wanting not to be with a man ever. That's not that's not what, what I'm about. Right, I'm not right. one of these women that's out here like, oh, I don't need no man. No, right. yes, I need a man. Because yes, at the end yes. of the day, I need someone to help me as I'm cultivating and I'm going through my purpose, I need someone by my side that's going to help me and support me and vice versa. We're, we are their helpmate. So yes, I strongly believe that if you are walking in purpose, your person will come along that was yes. meant for you because y'all are supposed to complete an assignment in the earth together. So yes, I do believe that you need a man and a man needs you because that is just a, that's just the design 
It's it's the divine design. That's the way that God created it. Right. Now, as far as uh, praying for your husband or praying, even praying for him before you even meet him. Yes, that I pray for my husband every day. Every day. What? I don't know who he is. I don't know where he is, but I pray for him every day. I pray for God to instill in him the character that he needs to be my husband, making sure that he's covering him wherever he is, you know, removing things from him that he he himself may have dealt with in his past trauma or whatever it may be, any kind of um you know, patterns in his family, um, you know, a bloodline where it could be alcoholism, it could be um, whatever. I'm asking God and I pray for him to deliver him from all. Yes, Father. Yes. Because when you are bringing, when you are going into a, or people don't understand, and I'm going to try to say this real quick. Um, when you have a mindset of you are single, but you're out here, um, doing all this willy-nilly stuff with your body. You don't understand the you don't understand the damage that you're doing to your soul. And a lot of women out here are on this liberal thing where they can go and sleep with whoever they want and you can because you have free will in this world. You very sure well can. But understand that there are spirits that are now attached to you. And now when you're going into a marriage, you're bringing those spirits into your marriage now and vice versa. When you're sleeping with people, you're not just exchanging bodily fluids. You're exchanging spiritual things too. So we as women have to be more responsible with that. You can do whatever you want. You're grown. You can do whatever you want, but understand there are consequences. And that's the reason why God created marriage for sex. He created sex for marriage and vice versa. So when we're out here doing whatever we want to do, and yeah, I'm going to do this and da, 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 you could do whatever you want. You're an adult. But understand that those spirits now that are on you are now going to be on your husband if you don't get delivered from those spirits. Let's, let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. But we have to be very careful with that. But getting back to what you asked, yes, I, I strongly believe in praying for your husband before he comes and even when y'all are together. Because like I said, our our men are facing a lot, you know, and as far as leveling up, there can be various reasons for that. But the key thing that we really need to recognize is a lot of the things that we are dealing with has to do with childhood upbringing. What we have experienced as child, as children, is what's causing the breakdown and what's causing the continuing damage that we're causing to each other. We're not addressing our issues. We're not addressing our abandonment issues. We're not addressing our mommy issues, our daddy issues, because the reality is, is that there's no one set thing for one gender. You know, a lot of, I hear a lot of men say, oh, well, you know what? She needs to deal with her daddy issues. Um, Boo-boo, you got daddy issues too. You got mommy issues too. You you know what? Because and it's so, we see it so much more nowadays. Anytime you go into those spaces and they like, I hate black women. Like we have 
black <laughs> mo- especially mothers when i tell you when i ran up on that page jennifer like we have hate groups out here oh yes hate I, I black mothers it. i, I was crying i cried I so hard it. when i seen it but i realized it's because they had an issue with their mother but that's that's the thing that i'm saying is when you have these kind of rooms that are constantly being created on clubhouse and you know we see it all the time and i i scroll right past it um the issue is is a lot of the time these are men who hate women because they they don't they don't have a good relationship with their mom i'm trying to tell you their mom did something to them their mom betrayed their trust their mom did something and that is the reason why they have these type of attitudes towards women why they're abusive why they're physically abusive why they're emotionally abusive is because there are issues there that they have not addressed with their mothers and that is why they do what they do so it's not just a thing of women not dealing with their honestly i feel like women and this is my honest belief i feel that women are more now more than ever doing the work that needs to be done because they are they are now more self-aware at least our generation yes is. i agree and by us doing our own work the next generation the generation that i'm dealing with now as far as coaching and everything else they can now lead a legacy behind and a pattern and a and a and a um a lineage behind that is more healthier because the fact of the matter is you have a lot of young people out here that are looking at us and like, y'all don't even know what y'all are doing. Y'all don't even know what y'all doing. And y'all want us to follow y'all? Like, y'all don't even have your own stuff together, but you want us to follow you. That makes no sense. We're supposed to lead by example. And if we're not doing our work, we're just repeating the cycle. We're repeating the pattern. And a lot of young people, they need that. They need someone to look up to. They need someone to, to be their cheerleader, to show them like, yes, you can do this. You can break away from this. This does not have to be your life. This is not yours. This is not the end of your story. Right. And we have to really um, get to the young people, you know, and understand that it... <laughs> It really ends with us. I really strongly believe that God created us, this particular generation of women and men, to break that cycle and break that pattern. And why it seems as if women are kind of, you know, they're they're you know bossing up or leveling up is they're doing the work. They're doing the work. I agree. They're doing the work, and the yes. men are not doing the work. Or not as much, because again, it's really about, again, it's about acknowledging that there's an issue. A lot of people are in denial about their issues or that they have an issue. And they won't address it because in their mind and also their surroundings, their people, their upbringing, their family, their friends, will continue enabling them to make them think that, oh, no, nothing's wrong. You're good. You're, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. You don't need a therapist. You don't need a, you don't need a, you don't need a therapist. No, no, no. We have to stop making therapy as if it is, it, it, it equates to you being crazy. Or, or weak. Or weak. 
It doesn't. If anything, it shows that it shows your strength. That's right. It shows that you acknowledge that I have some issues and I need to address them because I don't want to keep hurting myself and I don't want to keep hurting other people. That's right. So again, our men need to address their issues, address their issues, work on them. And like I said, women also were doing the work, but I want, but I want us to also get to a place where we are content with being single for a little bit until God brings the right people into our life or brings our person into our life and healing ourselves too, and healing ourselves and just enjoying life. Yeah. And just being okay with that. Like I said, for me, I enjoy spending time with myself. I, and people are like, you spend a lot of time with yourself. Yes, I do. Because I love myself, <laughs> you know? So it's like, I don't have a problem being by myself, you know? And, but I can say it took me a long time to get there because prior to that, I was always in a relationship. There was never a point in my life where I was not in a relationship. You know what? It's so funny because we go through this life and we used to, you know, we came up with the Claire Huxtable and the Huxtables and um, Step by Step and Family Matters. And that's what we saw on TV. That's what we mm -hmm. equated life to. And then all of a sudden, you know, now those shows are not on. I can remember the first single mother that was on TV was Murphy Brown and, and how it created such yes. a controversy. It created such a controversy on TV, in the news, everything, because she wanted to have a baby without a man. Right. Remember? And yes. now we're here. Now we're here and we're understanding. And I think it's because one, we turn the TV off. <laughs> I tell you all turn off the TV, you know, <laughs> you know, we turn the TV off and we're, we're able to like, now we're, now we're, pre we're trying to be more present, trying to be more, you know, uh, you know, here. And so we're realizing these things. I'm so grateful to where we are. I'm so grateful that now women mm -hmm. are, you know, understanding how everything is aligning up into purpose. You know, I don't want us to give up on our men. I'm going to have right. some men on a show soon. Mm-hmm. Where we're gonna get their difference of opinion because I have I know some great men. Yeah. I know some great men, whether married or not married. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I can't wait to see more of that. I want to hit on some points that we talked about tonight. Of course, you wrote the book Five Ways Single Women Can Cope with Cuffing Season. That mm -hmm. just so is so profound to me every time <laughs> I heard it because we always think that we gotta have somebody right here, yes, right yes. now, yes, you know, all the yes. time. You yes. know, yes. I'm not equal, I'm not made whole mm -hmm. until I get my who said, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I love that. Um, you told, we talked about figuring out what your purpose is and that everybody has a purpose that people are waiting on us within our purpose. We also talked about going from relationship to relationship, how that is like trauma on top of trauma because yes. we haven't dealt with our past trauma. Mm -hmm. So we're putting trauma on past trauma on top of relationship trauma. Yes. We always talked about, we talked about how we want to feel loved. We need to focus on healing and reintroduce ourselves to ourselves. That was so powerful right there. Mm -hmm. Reintroducing ourselves to ourselves. We have to find ourselves again. You know, one of the reasons why I created the mother's place, we had a topic a couple of weeks ago. And I believe you were in the room for this one where it <laughs> says, have we lost ourselves in becoming mother? 
and because we yes. put on so many roles of hats. I'm the I'm the wife. I'm the mother. I'm, I do this. I pick up. I, I clean up. I do this. I go to work. I'm the preacher. I'm the listener. I'm the therapist. Yes. I'm the everything. Mm-hmm. And the so doctor. we lose. Yep. We t- yeah. No, come back. Come back. Come back. I got to mm-hmm. get you back to who you are. I got to get back to who you are. Um, so we definitely need to get to that. We lose ourselves in relationships, the lack of self-worth. Mm-hmm. Self-worth is one of those things that we really need to talk about when it comes to young women, because it wasn't until I found my self-worth to understand who I was. So we definitely had to get to that. Um, we also talked about valuing ourselves. We have to find value in that. Sitting down with God to ask why certain situations has happened so we can gain understanding. I love how you talked about that because there was a point in time where I didn't understand why I was picking, choosing the same relationships or I wasn't going forward into purpose. And it was because of the psychological trauma that I experienced as a child from my father. And that was the onset of the trauma, not thinking that I was worthy enough. Like, oh, my God. So That's attracting, true. yeah, understanding the root of situations, generational cycles. Um, us as women, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do another segment. I don't yeah. know if we're gonna do it in Clubhouse, <laughs> but uh, you know, we need to talk about that attracting men like our fathers. I'm gonna circle that. Um, because it, it 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 goes both ways. Whether you whether you you've experienced, and I mentioned, I touched on this last, you know, when we last spoke. When when we're we tend to look for men that are like our fathers, whether that's a good experience or a bad experience. It's a comfort. So if we it's- are looking for men that are unavailable because our, our fathers were unavailable, that's exactly what we're going to attract. Or we tend to look for men that have this kind of like, I don't know how to say it. Um, if our fathers treated like doted on us or they, they kind of made us feel like princesses, we tend to have this very- um, Princess spirit. Uh, yes. You treat me like, you know, the like, oh, they better treat me. I'm first. Open yes. up my car door. Do mm-hmm, everything. Mm-hmm, I'm the mm-hmm, princess. Mm-hmm. I'm the princess. Very, very spoiled. It's a, like a spoiled type of mentality. And I mentioned to you before that even when it comes to our relationship with God, is that if we've had a very uh, poor relationship or experience with our earthly father, our image of our heavenly father can be distorted because of that. Because when we're looking at it from an earthly aspect, okay, well, my earthly father wasn't there. So now you're going to tell me that God, who I cannot see, loves me and cares about me. And, you know, he's my father. When we don't allow God to work through those things, it's going to be hard for us to understand and perceive God as such. I like. Okay, we're going to put that right there. We gotta mm-hmm. come back. We're gonna we're gonna do a, a part two. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna do a part two with that. We're gonna do a part two with that. Mm-hmm. And I wanna put that, I'm writing that down right now. Earthly father and our godfather because of the man, because of our father. Yes. We gotta write that down. Because mm-hmm. that is like so imperative and important. Because it throws it back on the parents, you know, and I say this all the time, like it's time to throw it back on the parents. Like we have to. I remember when my son, I was so mad and just, you know, I get both sides. But I remember the time I called my son and I was like, hey, you ready for Christmas? Santa Claus is coming tomorrow. And he said, Santa Claus is my daddy. He was only four. 
five years old. And I was like, <gasps> you know what I'm saying? Because she's <laughs> like, <gasps> no. right. You know what I'm saying? Like, why would you tell him that? You right. know, because now how am I going to equate that with yeah. God? You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I understand that, you know, no, it was paganism. We understand. Right, we get right, that. Right, 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 right. But it's not the concept of, it's like, we have to, we should be able to transition the Santa Claus over to God and who he is and how we got to, you better watch out. You better not pout. You better mm-hmm. not cry. I'm telling you why. Because yeah. he's always watching. Mm-hmm. Santa Claus is coming to town. Right. You know, and God sees everything. We should have been able to transition that over into mm-hmm. a God stance to give them a different perspective. Mm-hmm. You can understand. So yeah, it was yeah. like, why would you do that? Like, yo, you know, I get mm-hmm. what you're saying, but at the same time, like we could have did a better, it should have been a better transition. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I definitely get that. Um, And oh, oh my God. And I really feel like that spoiled it for my, for my son, because men are black and white. They don't, a lot of times they don't see, yes. they don't believe what they don't see. Yes. So if they don't very see logical. it, they don't believe it. Yeah. Very logical. Very logical. Very logical. Very. So if they don't see it, they don't, they be like, what? But our kids, they have it when they're younger until we spoil it for them. So meaning that they already have the connection with God. We take it away from them. You know, when we open them up to other things. Okay. So I'm putting a pin in that because we definitely <laughs> got to do a part two. So yeah. you talked about going from relationship to relationship. Like I can't stand this and I hate it because I know I used to do it. And I tried we to all have. We all have. Yeah, we all yeah. have done it. But we have to have that break in between. Mm-hmm. We talked about needing someone. We need each other to challenge each other. Self-talk is not good. We gotta learn how to do better self-talk. Mm-hmm. Um, dealing with learning how to not romanticize when we meet our mate or meet a guy. And it's like Ooh, dreamy. Yep. You know, remember we used to watch um what was it called? Uh what was it? The medical show and we had McDreamy and McSteamy. Oh, uh uh Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Yes. You know, we like, ooh, dreamy <laughs> and McSteamy. Like, no, get out of yeah, that. Right. Black and white. It's right here in yes. front of your face. Yes. He's hitting you. He's exactly. hitting you. He's cheating. Exactly. He's cheating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's here. He's cheating. Okay. Yep. Um, we talked about morals, ethics, and values, and we, I, I'm going to definitely do a show on that because I thought that was definitely imperative that I had to teach my son's son about morals, ethics, and values. Um, and that our, and know, and our black men, um, another one that I want to talk about in our next show is those trauma bonds. Um, because a lot of us equate that we do that. And I know that I for sure did that with my son's father. And one thing that we had in comparison was our mother. So we have to do better on that. So I just want to say thank you so much for like making all these points um, of of being a strong woman and what you are and who you are and being able to put that mm-hmm. in a book and e- actually you. speak to us. You gave so many nuggets. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to call them nuggets. I want to call them half, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The half of the chicken, you know, that part, you know. <laughs> The quarter, the quarter. We gonna call it the quarter. It's bigger than the nugget. Mm-hmm. Like you went there. <laughs> you know, you gave us so much meat, and I'm so grateful for that. Just to even have somebody I can have a conversation with about it. You right. know, and I can't wait till we be able to have a conversation with men and get their perspective because their perspective is so much more important. Yes, so we is. can understand them. Um, I just want to, you know, want you to go ahead and tell everybody how to find your book. How to find you as far as a coach when it comes to relationships and everything? 
Well, they can find my book on my PayHip uh, uh, website. It's payhip.com slash Carolyn Speaks. I'm also available on Clubhouse. I have a room on Clubhouse called Saving Our Sisters um, that is geared towards helping women, um, again, uh, to you know overcome trauma, anything of that nature. I am also available on Facebook. So all of my handles are pretty much the same on every platform. Uh, Facebook, it's Carolyn Speaks. Instagram is Carolyn Speaks, as well as uh, Twitter and uh, Clubhouse. Um, my book, as I said, it is on um, my PayHip account. You can purchase it there. It's only ten dollars. Um, and also, I wanted to just uh, briefly say that um, I have some other things that are going to be coming up soon, um, maybe within the next few months that I'm working on, and it's going to be it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Um, it's going to be a panel that I'm going to be putting together of both men and women um, discussing having a sit down and discussing how we can do better um, in our relationships with each other, how we can handle each other better, how we can relate um, and connect um, and just overall just understand and, and see each other through a different pair of lens, a different pair of eyes. So I'm looking forward to that. I will be posting more about that on my Facebook as well as my Instagram uh, pages. Um, so look forward to seeing that. Um, I'm going to have about four people, four, four men and four women that are going to be on the panel. And we're just going to be having a sit down, how we can bridge the gap between men and women of our community and how we can do better when it comes to um, how we treat each other, how we handle each other, how we uh, engage, how we just overall treat one another. You know, we definitely have to have this type of conversation. It's definitely needed in our communities and I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. Um, so quickly, once again, you can find me on Instagram, Clubhouse, uh, Facebook, and Twitter under Carolyn Speaks. Um, my website is payhip.com slash Carolyn Speaks. You can find all of my product services on my site as well as my book. Um, my speaking services, as well as my coaching services. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I have enjoyed our segment for yes, today. Okay. Yes. Uh, I'm so ready for this and to see where it goes from here. Yes. Because I see us, me, you, and a couple of other um, speakers that I had on this stage sitting around on a couch with our cup of coffee <laughs> and our tea <laughs> curled up and just yes. having these conversations because Absolutely. and I remember the Holy Spirit told me that we have to have these rooms and these spaces like that so we can heal and actually go forward and listen to each other <laughs> listen to each true. other's stories and you know different things like this like I see this in my eyes in my heart that we're going to be doing this so I just want to say thank you so much we are definitely going to have a part two because we have to tap on those other things and sure. I'm so grateful that you know I hate I say this all the time mm -hmm. that you went through a lot of things that you went through Mm -hmm. But look at who you have become through it and yes. because of it. And your pain. Everything happens for a reason. Yes. But that goes back to your pain equating to your purpose. That's right. You see that? See that? See that? See that, Link? <laughs> I want to say thank you so much for this opportunity. I thought, I think this was an awesome conversation. Um, it, it really, really 
I'm I'm just grateful for the opportunity. And um, it was a great conversation. We touched on a lot of things. And like you said, we definitely have to find a way to do a part two, um, get some other women involved and possibly yeah. some other men. Because as I said, you know, we, you've said it as well, that, you know, men think very logical. But what we have to really try to understand is that God is not a logical God. And God does not think outside, does not think inside of a box. God thinks outside of the box. And sometimes our men don't understand that. They think that, well, everything has to be black and white and everything is cut and dry. And that's just what it is. And they may not understand that when a certain person comes into their lives, they were brought into their life as a gift. But they go, go back to that. Let's go back. Did you hear that? I just want to ask y'all, did y'all hear that? It's <laughs> a gift. And um, we have a problem with, because we are the givers all the time. We need yes. to learn how to receive. Yes, oh, okay. exactly. Okay. And we it. have to really, they, they have to really, sometimes they don't recognize it or see it as a gift because they're not connected to the source. So when you're not connected to the source, God, you can't recognize them as being your gift or your favor because you're not connected to the, you're not connected to the source. You're not speaking to God about this person and what position they are supposed to play or role they're supposed to play in your life. Like I said, not everybody is coming into your life to be your husband or your, your boyfriend. Some people are just coming into your life to help you on your path of your purpose. And we have to learn to, when we meet men and women, just see them as people. Stop romanticizing it and making it a romantic thing. It doesn't mean that you can't be attracted to them. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is don't automatically in your head say, oh, this is going to be my man or this is going to be my, my woman. No, see them as human beings because at the end of the day, we are human. We are fragile. Life itself is fragile. And we have to really try to see people and understand people where they are and really get to the core of who they are, learning how to be vulnerable with each other. That's the other thing that we're not Let me really write doing. That one down. We're not really doing that in our relationships. We're not learning how to be vulnerable. We're not learning how to be intimate. And That's you and I had this conversation before about intimacy is not sex. And I know the world likes to tell us that it is, but it's not. Intimacy is being able to be Bearing your soul, your heart, and mind to someone, being naked, naked in the spiritual sense, naked in the emotional sense. When you can get to that place with someone, then the sex part is just a cherry on top of that. It's just a cherry on top. Okay, you know what? That's that's okay. So the next time we're gonna be talking about earthly father, the vulnerable, the wall, the intimacy, okay, the trauma bonds. Okay, we got it. We got our next show. That's right. <laughs> I you just want to say. Thank you again. Thank you again so You're much. You're very welcome. Thank yes. you. Yes. And we, you know, we're going to be talking. We, we'll yes, be talking. For sure, for um, sure. We definitely will be talking. I'm going to introduce you to some more other beautiful women who probably yes, are, you yes, know, yes, have yes, the yes. same and, you know, and they may be a little bit different, but they have just as much power because yes. we may be able to, you know, do some things with this. Of course, know? of course. Okay. Of course. So I just want to say thank you so much. I'm going to go ahead and let you go, but we'll be talking. For so sure. give me one moment. Oh my God. I just want to say you guys, 
Did you hear this conversation? Did you see, did you witness? This was history right here. This was history right here in the making to see Miss Jennifer Palmer. Wow. She dropped, she's we didn't she didn't we didn't get nuggets. We got quarters, okay, of chicken. Quarters of chicken. We got quarters, okay? We got so much information on this podcast and we have more shows we're gonna make another show after this when i tell you get your pen out get your paper out go go on facebook go on instagram get in that when i tell you go find her online she wrote a book the book is talking about five ways what is it five ways single women can cope with cuffing season go and find this book go and find this ebook go and find her Let's have these discussions. We had so many powerful tips, tidbits, and discussion topics that we can actually take these and change the world. I I, I really believe that. I really believe that we have to have these conversations. We have to be uncomfortable. We have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable so we can get that healing. We have to learn how to turn our pain into purpose. She already said that. We got to learn how to turn our pain into purpose, meaning that everything that we experienced that was pain had a purpose in our lives. And it's just up for us to allow God to reveal those things to it to us. So again, this is Shayna Asby. I am the family life coach. I'm so stoked about this show today. If you have any questions, just reach out to us again. Go find Jennifer Palmer. Go find her. Go find her. I just want to show this. Be- Mary Beverly Goodwin. Thank you, sweetie. She said, great conversation. <laughs> thank you so much. I definitely agree. I definitely agree. I just want to say thank you. Thank you until next time at the Mother's Place. Meet us every Tuesday at 8:30 when we have discussions and topics about certain things that affect mother. Um, this right here, we're gonna be doing this every Sunday around this time. Just look out for it and meet us again at the Mother's Place. Bye, y'all. Peace. Love you. <laughs>